and welcome to EQ Above IQ, Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child. My name is Trina Casey and I'm your host. Thank you for joining me today. It is always a pleasure to be here with you and thank you for tuning in. I really am excited and happy that so many of you are tuning in to listen. I am going through some some pretty important changes right now. So I'm going to be recording just a little less frequently. We were doing every Tuesday. Now it's going to be every other Tuesday. So just so I can get those things in my life organized. So I will be sharing with you at a later date what that is, but keep listening. In this episode of EQ Above IQ, I want to talk to my audience about the importance and parents, especially of self-care. It's a big word right now. It's a, you know, a lot of people are talking about the importance of self-care. And that's because if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't really show up for others. Now, there is one demographic that has a tendency to feel like they need to ask for that self-care or that space, and that is women and mothers. There's a long history of mothers and women not taking care of themselves and putting the needs of others above our own. I saw myself doing that this week and yeah, it made me realize that it's a muscle that you have to keep flexing all the time. And there's something that I didn't do for the last couple of weeks because of distraction and an organization. And I didn't ask myself the question, what can I do today to make me feel good about myself or just feel good, you know, physically good? That answer can be variable to each person's individual likes and desires, but it's important to ask yourself that question daily. And There is an importance about self-care because we tend to make it optional and we really need to stop that, ladies. (laughs) Self-care is not optional. It is necessary for mental health and to feel good about yourself and to be self-aware about where you are and your ability to regulate As I've stated many times in my podcast, I have PMDD and you can go back and listen to the episode I think I did in season two. Wow. I'm on season three. I can't believe it. And uh, (laughs) where I talk about what it is. And also I had my therapist on the show and we discussed what PMDD is and how it affects many women. I believe many women have gone undiagnosed or PMDD because they try to diagnose women with bipolar. And that's two different things. One has to do with hormones and the other one has to do with the chemical imbalance in the brain. So, you know, we need to have better research and clarification on the differences between the two. But They both make you feel very sad, very down, 
uh, for me, the biggest frustration is the brain fog. And being who I am and have been, there was always a tendency. I grew up pretty harsh on myself because I grew up in a pretty harsh household. Not much love, affection, you know, huggies or anything like that. And that's why my son, I hug my son and give him lots of kisses because I say the one thing when you go to your therapist, (laughs) because I know you will, (laughs) because I, I advocate for therapy. Every single person needs to be going to a therapist. That's my belief. Even therapists need therapists. We need our tribe. We need our community. We need our, our healers. And the reason why is because talking to someone and, and, and really getting underneath what's bothering you to become more self-aware is the medicine for the world. This is, this is the medicine for the world. Individuals taking accountability and responsibility for their mental health and really just showing up for yourself so you can show up for the other people that you care about in your life in the best possible way. And I'm not saying that there won't be stumbles and falls because of that, because we do have an ingrained programming. And I've talked about how that programming has affected me and how it affects others, how it affects my relationship with my son. And, you know, I'm very grateful that I do have a child that is, you know, understanding, but, you know, he's, he's also 10. So I don't put any accountability on him to have to manage my emotions. Please don't do that to your children. Please make them aware about how you feel, where you are in your body, and make them aware that it has nothing to do with them. What they choose to do with that information depends on how you model your behavior for the rest of your, you know, their life, you know. If you're modeling praise, if you're modeling affection, if you're modeling the positive aspects of emotional intelligence, motivation, compassion, those are the things that are going to be reflected in your child's relationship with you. You know, be aware of their type of coping mechanisms. I did a whole podcast on coping mechanisms, so you can go back and listen to that and examine what are yours you know, to be self-aware of what are your coping mechanisms? Are you going to have one, two, probably more than three, depending on who you are, where you came up. But it's really important for women, back to the subject, to do this self-care part because we have this tendency to carry everyone else. And if we continue to do that, we really don't allow ourselves the satisfaction and the type of growth we deserve. And we are very much busy raising other people and we forget about the inner child that's in us that needs raising, you know? Maybe you went through some very difficult times as a child and traumatic times, or maybe you're just trying to override some pretty negative self-talk that you learned in childhood either from a teacher, a parent. We live in a society that basically reinforces a lot of these ideas about not being worthy or enough. And so let's 
be aware by doing self-care. Be self-aware by doing self-care daily and asking yourself the question, what have I done today to make myself feel good? And that could be just taking a longer shower than normal. That could be taking a bath with your candles. That could be also going to the gym and working out, you know, some people are really motivated by physical fitness. It does its double fold, you know. But I like to say with anything that is healthy, it can easily become unhealthy. One of the sad and pretty persistent things that I keep reading about is how the pandemic has really done a number on people's self-esteem. And women and and men, you know, are judging themselves pretty harshly about their appearance because the gyms were closed, or maybe you just were afraid and you were polarized by your fear and you didn't feel like working out. Maybe it was just time for you to hibernate like a bear and just Take a deep breath and throw your hands up in the air and say, screw it. I'm going to eat that donut. Whatever the, the, the excuse was, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm, I know how difficult this time was for people to stay motivated. Hmm? That's why motivation is one of the five principles I talk about. Because motivation will keep you driven and purposeful during your struggle with procrastination, with problems that come up, I have been just, (laughs) you know, so much stuff going on. And I don't batch my podcast like a lot of people do. I don't record, you know, 10 episodes at a time. This is a labor of love for me, and I don't even feel like it's labor. It's my way to always talk about what is relevant and what's current and what's in my heart and what needs that I want you guys to learn from me through either my experience or the experience of others. I don't want to just throw out a bunch of content that means nothing to you. So I take thought and, and I think about, wow, what is the, the energy of the world or the moment or the week of the month? And I try to apply those principles, uh, the five principles of emotional intelligence when I talk about them. And so that is my way of staying authentic with you, my audience, and making sure that you appreciate and keep coming back to listen to to the things. Because I know there are things that I am saying that many of you relate with. So I don't want you to feel that you are in this journey alone. Matter of fact, if you would like some one-on-one coaching, please, you know, go to the website and click on the coaching button and we can set up a time to get to know each other and see if we are a good fit. 
also I have other options if you just as a parent would like have a situation. I have a friend of mine, longtime friend of mine, who is got a teenager and they're still homeschooling and it's been difficult for the child to stay motivated. And I was on the phone with her and I could hear her daughter going, you know, sort of the same battle that I have with my son now too. (laughs) But I gave her a tip and I'm going to share that tip with you. I think the hardest thing for us as parents and especially as mothers is we tend to be the ones that are monitoring all the extras. And I don't mean extras, but, you know, not only the meals, not only the, the, the activities, but we have to make sure that our kids are on task with homework and all these things that there's a lot of balls to juggle. And, and I want you to start a delegating those to other people, <laughs> not just yourself. And I think one of the things that all school systems need to start doing is teaching some intrinsic motivation and how to teach intrinsic motivation is to allow children to study subjects that they're interested in and find that subject through exploration, conversation, and really let them, you know, get into it. Because what that teaches them to do is use their brain and process information and feel fulfilled at the same time. So they're learning how to learn in the process. And then throw in all the extra stuff that needs to be put in there. But they've already started to learn how to learn. And so my friend and her daughter, so she didn't want to do her homework. Yeah, you guys all feel that. So what I told her to do, and it worked like a charm, is every 10 to 15 minutes, you choose 10 to 15 minutes on school, focus 100% on the task in front, and then 15 minutes off, 15 minutes on, 15 minutes off, 15 minutes on, 15 minutes off. And plus, if that's a really helpful way for them to retain and process the information they have just learned is when the brain takes a break. I think one of the reasons why Finland education system just yields these great results is that they do incorporate a lot of breaks in the system so that the kids are outside a lot, moving their bodies, and then there's focus, focus, focus. So try this with your kids. I I do it with my son as well. Most of the time it's pretty successful. You just set a timer on your phone or on your stopwatch, whatever you have, and say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Boom, start. And then when that alarm goes off, you stop it and say, okay, go go do something you want for for this next few minutes, you know? Do it again. Come on, time to get back. You know, it it's just a way to teach them to do their studies themselves. And it's gonna take some time, of course. But like I said, It's worked for me, it's working for others, and try it. So anyways, this is just a short episode. You know, I just really wanted to touch bases with every one of you and let you know that I am all good. (laughs) Just going through my phase, I'm going through my thing. And so I am embracing myself with some self-care. And I 
please, please encourage you to do the same. And we all get a lot better together. Okay? And I hope you have a blessed day.